Everybody's working. With that time, yours. I'd like to go back in time several months because I remember hearing some things from some people. This was, you know, right towards the beginning of what was supposed to be the start of the NFL season. Everybody was really trying to figure out what was football going to look like? What were sports going to look like? How are we going to navigate these unprecedented times? And the NFL preseason basically just got canceled. Little bit here, little bit there. And before you know it, no NFL preseason before this 2020 into 2021 season began. And there were some of you people, I'm saying you people, who said, but I like the preseason. I miss preseason games. Preseason games are fun. I like seeing all the guys 14 stacks down the depth chart. I like the pre, I want to see these young guys get opportunities. And if that was you, you can put a stamp on your apology and you can mail it to me on Twitter or you can email it to me or you can DM it to Seth Kaiser. I don't care. But if (laughs) I don't want you to tell me that Colin Saunders playing linebacker made it all worth it. It was funny. It was good. I'm glad we got to see it. But I did not particularly need a Week 17 preseason game. Nate Taylor, how was your viewing experience in the Chiefs' whatever-to-whatever loss to the Los Angeles Chargers? Yes, for record-keeping purposes, Chargers 38, Chiefs 21. In a game that mattered to no one, um, <laughs> donning anything red, I try to make light of all the nonsense that is the NFL preseason. Because, you know, there'll be a time, maybe a decade or two from now, where people will look up and be like, yo, they used to play four of these nonsense games? Um, <laughs> we got away with it. And then, you know, pleasantly, for the Chiefs' sake, they were allowed to to go through the motions of a, of a preseason game of week 17. And it was fun for about a quarter. <laughs> it was like, okay. Um, well, I, actually I'm going to, I'm going to adjust that Josh. You know why? Okay. Why? It was fun till about the third defensive snap of the game. Yep. Yep. That's fair. And That's totally fair. From that moment on, it's like, we're only doing this because we're contractually obligated to play these games for television dollars because they're not even really getting money from fans this year. Shout out to all the fans who were there and were at any football game this year. But, like, mm-hmm. we're only doing this for the TV money. <laughs> like, the Chargers don't need to get on a plane to get on a bus to get on, <laughs> to get in the locker room to play a game. That virtually means nothing, Um, except, I guess, Justin Herbert's rookie records. Uh, so what if they would have done a lap around the stadium? How good uh, would that have been? <laughs> Could that have gotten us through another week? Maybe, but uh, I mean, they played, it is what it is. And like, I don't feel like anybody feels good after it. Like really anybody. Um, Just because of the implications of what occurred on the third defensive snap and what occurred, I believe, on the first defensive series in the second half. So let's talk about those two things because, unfortunately, and man, maybe we end up later on in the show having a more zoomed-out conversation about resting the starters and all that stuff. That honestly might be something we talk more about next week, even as 
they go into, you know, a full week of not playing games, which by the way, I've mentioned this on the post game show on 810. And I'm going to just say this one more time. Also, I, I had a week off last week. And what I did last week was eat like birthday cake and Christmas pies and try to pound an entire <laughs> box of York patties. Okay. That was sort of my, I drank everything I could find. Like just every, like just sugary things. Sure. Want to crack open a brewski? Absolutely. What's that? A, a case of truly that I can milk over the course of the week? Sure. Yeah. Why not, man? Yeah. I'll crack one of those open at 9am. Who cares? I don't have a problem. It's fine. Don't ask me about it. The, the Chiefs are not going to do that in their week off. Their week off is going to be like a couple days of let your bones rest, and then it's practice and film and prep like they were doing this week. That got mentioned in the mm-hmm. postgame uh, pressers today. So just that's something I think most people probably kind of cognitively know, but think about that if you get nervous at all. They're working. They're just not getting hit by whatever monsters are across a defensive line in an NFL football game. Anyway, that being said, maybe we'll talk more about the big picture stuff later, but the, the most immediately pressing matters were, uh, were were two pretty major injuries. Not even necessarily for the playoff run in at least one instance, but for the long term. DeAndre Baker, who was you know the first round pick from the Giants, and then has this crazy offseason where he is accused of armed robbery um, with Quentin Dunbar, yep. and then that story kind of unfolds to where the attorney representing the accusers gets arrested, which Seth, uh, who's not here today, by the way, uh, Seth mentioned at the time, that doesn't happen very often. Seth's a lawyer. And then right after that comes out, basically, DeAndre Baker signs the Chiefs practice squad. He's been up and down. He's been with the team for a few weeks. He got the start today, and he was out there, and then he breaks his left femur which is a tough injury to watch. Andy Reid seemed relatively optimistic after the game when, when honestly, um, breaking your left, breaking a femur is not a good injury, but it might have fewer long-term repercussions than what it also looked like it could have been, which would have been a catastrophic knee injury of some yes. sort. Um, so maybe maybe if we're, if we're picking from bad options, maybe that ends up being better. But anyway, he, he breaks his femur. That's awful. He was one of the guys we wanted to watch in this game. The other guy we wanted to watch in this game was Willie Gay Jr., who ended up with an ankle sprain very, very early in the game. He never returns. So between those two injuries, I'll, I'll push back from the microphone for a second, Nate. Um, what what did you think as you saw those happen, and, and what are the repercussions for each of those guys and whatever amount of time each of them will miss? Yeah, so let's let's start with the first one. Willie Gay is honestly the most important player on the field in this game because they wisely, because you elevate DeAndre Baker and because you can, you know, play guys like Bo Pete Keys, um, they got away with not playing with Jerry Sneed, which I knew made yeah. you and Seth thrilled. I was not <laughs> told that Legereus was going to be rested. But I was like, expecting to see him, honestly. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was expecting to see him. So, like, once Legereus Sneed is off the field, Willie Gay becomes the most important piece to all this because, yes, Damian Wilson, we should note, came back from his knee injury. He did play today. He was pretty rusty in the first half, but that's kind of to be expected. Um, So the Chiefs are already thin at linebacker. Anthony Hitchens still on the COVID list. Um, Willie Gay needs as many reps as possible, as many snaps, I should say, to get ready for the playoffs. And then literally on his second snap of the game, 
suffers this what seemed to be possibly a knee injury, seems to be more high ankle injury, which was confirmed after the game. Um, he was immediately frustrated. He immediately grabbed his leg after the snap. Mm-hmm. Kids, that's an early indicator that you never want to see. Yeah. Um, so in the short, it puts Willie Gay's potential postseason debut in jeopardy. Um, it now forces someone like I know, I know you don't want to hear his name, some of y'all, mm-hmm. but it forces Ben Neiman back into play because yep. he's resting because of a hamstring strain that he had on a non-contact situation against the Falcons. Um, Who knows when Anthony Hitchens is going to come off the cover list. The expectation is hopefully in two weeks, you would think he would be close to being available. Um, So the Chiefs linebacker room, real, real tedious, real tenuous, I should say, as we, as we move forward. So that's the short term where Andy Reid gave no ideas to win or how long Willie Gay will be back. He may give an update as of when you're hearing this on the podcast on Monday. He may not. Usually, Andy Reid likes to push things off as much as possible. Um, and it also doesn't help that they don't have an opponent where, you know, you would have to say, like, hey, we maybe feel he would practice. You don't have to say anything this week. You can basically just rest and you can come back a Monday from now and basically say, okay, here's where he is in terms of his injury. But they, they're going to need Willie Gay. They, they, I really felt... And I know you agree, Josh, that they really, really needed him. And so it's a cruel thing for rookies to be put in this weird situation where, like, hey, go earn your paycheck, be a professional, but, like, don't get hurt because, like, the game doesn't matter outside of, like, your individual performance within the framework of essentially nonsense, essentially, like, meaningless, brutal, like, eh, eh. Um, and so that's the short term. There was some hope that DeAndre Baker possibly could crack, you know, the active roster for the postseason if he played really, really well today. And guess what, y'all? He was he was he was out there playing really, really well. There are snaps against Mike Williams, who you know, Josh, legitimate NFL wide receiver. Absolutely, yeah. Starting NFL wide receiver. He was he was handling himself well, he was holding his own. He had a nice pass breakup against Mike Williams. Uh, you know, he did that luxurious sneak kind of thing where it looks like I'm in coverage, but I'm not. I'm blitzing. He gets a sack of Justin Herbert, and it's like, oh, oh if you could add one more player to this dominant secondary, I mean, that, that'll play really well in the Steve Spagnuolo's hands. And then he made a plant trying to cover a deep route, and it all went bad. It, it just all went bad, and it's like, I'm assuming if you're a Chiefs fan, you're like, just stop the game. We, we, we ain't got to play no more. Like, stop the game. This guy mattered in 2021, and the snaps that he had given you in the first half kind of proved that because he was a former first-round pick, basically on, like, the Ricky minimum because he was signed mm-hmm. to a practice squad deal, and you could basically uh, get his exclusive rights for next year um, pretty easily. And now, based on me reading about this injury, Josh, this is an eight to 10 month thing. Like, who knows what 2021 looks like for DeAndre Baker? Um, we'll see how the Chiefs will sort of move forward in terms of, you know, investing in him. Um, but it's 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 not a case to where you could slot him in as a guy that you can count on next year. And 
even though he was playing well, there was even a chance at halftime where I was thinking like, man, like, do you move things around? What happens to Rashad Fitton if this doesn't work? Do you take Bo Peep Keys um, and basically sit him or enact him because you want to bring uh, DeAndre Baker up and then it's all gone? Yeah. Because that's football. Yeah. I mean, because the long-term repercussions, obviously Bashad Breeland's on a one-year deal and Traverius Ward is is not locked up long-term. I think he's a restricted free agent this offseason, but obviously his his long-term future is is still very TBD. And much to my chagrin in the worst-case scenario and pleasant surprise in the best-case scenario, the Chiefs have done a really good job of of making cornerback work relatively on the cheap because yes. it's been Ward, who was a you know a, a trade at the end of training camp, who no yep. one really thought anything particular of, um, Rashad Fenton, a late round pick, who also had two ankle issues at the end of the game. It wasn't yes. catastrophic or whatever, but some soreness and whatnot. Worth noting, but not freaking out about probably. Legarius Sneed, uh, a mid late round pick. Um. I I've probably blanked on there. There is literally so many. I mean, in, in Bo Pete Keys, they take a shot on. Yeah, the end he's of a seventh round pick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. I feel like there was somebody that I glossed over. Maybe it was someone in recent history that I was thinking about re- earlier today as well. But um, they've they've done a good job there. And if you have DeAndre Baker, it's it's a legitimate first round talent, as you said. I mean, as as cheaply as possible, and it, it wasn't for some you know big off the field thing where the Chiefs took the PR hit or whatever. Like it just sort of seems like he got screwed. And he goes from losing that shot with the Giants to now getting his his first snaps uh, at corner with the Chiefs. It just is over so quickly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just that I I, I don't I, I think it would be unreasonable to say that the Chiefs had him as like a you know a cornerstone for years to come. But it, it seemed like a really really good bet, um, both for him and for the Chiefs l- leading up to next year. Yeah, and. I would say that um, because I'm looking at the roster here, too, and we're just kind of projecting if DeAndre Baker doesn't get hurt, if he plays as well as he did in the first half, say he gets a couple more password up, who knows? Maybe he gets an interception of Justin Herbert. Um, Antonio Hamilton. Like maybe maybe you replace him with that. And now Mm. you have real options. Yeah. Now Baker can play both on special teams and defense if you're in some dime packages or if you like a certain matchup with that guy um, and his capabilities. You remove all of that now, and I would say the other part of this is, yes, he was alleged of armed robbery in a dice game in Florida. Mm -hmm. Just off the top, say that sentence. (laughs) Alleged robbery in a dice game in Florida. You know, as... We talked about before and Seth alluded to um, all of a sudden the charges get dropped and he gets reversed in the opposite where it's clearly looking like an extortion situation. Yep. So, you know, it appears that DeAndre was just not at the right place. Um, and he has pretty much been a quiet professional football player ever since yep. the Chiefs have been pleasantly surprised with his development in terms of learning the scheme and being ready for week 17. I know we both, you know, were somewhat perplexed last week as to why he didn't play against the Falcons, because you could have had two game sample to evaluate him for 2021 or the postseason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it's, it's unfortunate that it happens to him. 
But this is exactly the reason, and this is my last point, this is exactly the reason why Andy Reid played this about as well as you can. Yep. Because if Tyron Matthews out there, yep. if Tyreek Hill, if, you know, even if guys like Frank Clark and Chris Jones, and there was obviously a report today that from an incentive standpoint, Chris Jones maybe wants to get two and a half sacks against Justin Herbert. He yeah. hadn't done that all season. You you nope. sit right there. Yes, <laughs> thank you. you. Yeah, I'm you, glad you mentioned that. You, yeah. you sit right there, okay? Well, uh, the, the the million is cool, dog, but, like, we trying to win a championship. Listen, if it was half a sack or whatever, you just you ask Brett to talk to Clark for you and see if you can just get that direct deposit or whatever. You figure that out. Yeah. Two, two and a half sacks. I mean, sure, yeah, I would have liked to have been active to go try it myself also for uh, 1.25 million or whatever. <laughs> but I also wasn't I wasn't getting it. And, if you know, if I get hurt, nobody's going to care. It's fine. Right. Chris and Jones so, needs to be there for playoff time. Right. And 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 think about Eric Fisher and Austin yep. Ryder. And, like, I, by my calculations. It was a backup offensive line also, yes. which we haven't mentioned yet. But it was um, – Hold on, I got this. I got this. I got this written down somewhere. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Rankin, Wisniewski, Kilgore, Durant, and then I honestly did not learn how to pronounce the name of the Patrick. Name that's how you say his Pat, name. <laughs> Pat, oh, Pat, Patrick. Oh, um, Durant moved to guard, and then Omame maybe uh, got he got the start at right tackle. Those those were all backups. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So again, I mean, this is this is something where, um, by my count. Uh, I have them resting inactive, injury-related, however you want to describe it. I have them resting 19 prominent players, Yep. Uh, most notably Patrick Mahomes, of course. Um, and so they did what they were supposed to do. They got through the game. It's just unfortunate that the two guys you really, really, really wanted to see and see in the divisional round both got hurt. Like, I don't know if you could name a more important person in terms of youth that could help you in the postseason than those two guys who got hurt. And that that's really the story of that game, unfortunately. Like, forget, you know, Justin Herbert, you know, doing mm-hmm. amazing rookie things. So he's probably wrapped up the award. Similar to Aaron Rodgers. Um, I know that Colin Saunders, we're going to get to Colin Saunders good, out here okay. playing good. CM linebacker because they don't have any linebackers. Right. <laughs> um, Darwin Thompson, like, Looking good as a receiver, still got things to improve on as a runner, but that's somewhat dependable on the uh, on the backup offensive line. Look, uh, Chad Haney wasn't embarrassing, you know. Yep, just didn't get hurt because I also thought about that too. I'm like, once Willie Gay goes down, I'm like, you kind of need Chad Haney to stay upright because I mean, you know, yeah, is there anyone who can play for Wisniewski and Kilgore? Because like you'd like to have them on the on the roster. Yeah, oh, yeah. So yeah. so they. They tried their best. They did all the uh, mechanisms that were available to them. I I have now floated on Twitter. The NFL just needs to make everybody available for Week 17. Just 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 like who cares about inactives and you know rookie exemptions and stupid CBA nonsense in regards to mm-hmm. a practice squad that was expanded for a COVID year like. Right. Again, why am I on the practice squad if I can't play in week 17 and we already locked up the one seat because of stupid CBA agreements with the Players Association? Again, not to say that I need to be the Players Association union rep or lawyer, but, like, can we just make week 17, like, play whoever you want. Make it college. Like, it's it's just – it's it's silly that – um in some respects, Alex Okafor had to play today. And that is the right. meaning of Alex Okafor. Now, right. did he get a sack and get rewarded for his efforts? Sure. But, like, 
he didn't need to be out there, though. It, he yeah. don't need to be out there. He's actually important towards the playoffs. Yep. You know, but uh, man, I, just the, just what a, a couple, tough what a tough day for the Chiefs. Yeah. On, not not on the scoreboard because the scoreboard doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What mattered was getting something out of it for the young guys, and I think they got the opposite effect. Yeah, I think that's well said. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And I think I, I do think there are three. I've got three other names that I've got written down that I wanted to to spend at least a minute on. Uh, three different guys who who got playing time that I you'll you'll know when we get there. The first one, though, <laughs> I told you before the show that I was gonna make I was gonna make one um, absolutely unfair joke that I was excited for in, in advance. So I'm gonna go ahead. <clears throat> let's just go, Daniel, Daniel, Let's can, go. Yeah, Danielle, you can cut all that. You can cut all this out later. <clears throat> You know, Nate, one thing that I was really surprised to see is that the Chiefs actually were playing their best running back in the last game of the season. <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. A chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. Uh, I Listen, man, I'm glad the Darwin Thompson experience came back around. I, If that dude could just hold on to the football like consistently, I, I think the running back depth chart probably looks pretty different. The other part of it, and, and uh, uh, maybe the more important part of it, both for Darwin's production and going forward is the screen game came back at least right. in the first half in a right. way it straight up has not this year darwin thompson had seven receptions i don't think the chiefs have had a running back catch seven passes in a game this year i don't think clyde's done it i don't think anyone else has done it i don't know i haven't looked that up i literally just thought of that but there were <laughs> screen games like crazy darwin had a nice 37 yarder uh, he his carries were fine. It's whatever. I don't need running backs to run the ball. I need them to catch passes out of the backfield. But uh, they should be called catching backs, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but he looked pretty good. That's your and... best joke, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna try catching to... backs. They're catching backs from <laughs> now on. Uh, I, I he looked he looked pretty good, even with the backup offensive line. And they did bring the screen game back for Chad Haney and Darwin Thompson. What was that? Oh, it was great. The the uh, I'm gonna look this up on the playlist right now because it, it was it was like gorgeous. Cause I was I was literally cackling while Darren Thompson was running down the field. Yeah. But y'all, it's it's third and nine. And somehow Andy Reed and Eric Reed and me know they're gonna blitz Chad Henney. Cause mm-hmm. why? <laughs> why are you blitzing Chad Henney? But what? whatever, cool. Yeah. So like they they know based on formation and where they are in the middle of the field. Hey, they're gonna blitz, and it, it was the perfect screen pass to Darwin Thompson. I'm just sitting there laughing. I'm just like, of course they're gonna go score a touchdown on the first drive because it's what they do when they've scouted you enough. This despite whoever it is on the field for the Chargers, um, it gives you optimism that they're going to have the screen game and they're gonna throw to maybe Clyde Rizalier or Le'Veon Bell, maybe a, a tick more than they would in a regular season game uh, because they know that there's just so many mismatches there if yeah. you get it in the right scenario. And I know that I, that, I know that what frustrates you and well, somewhere, but, somewhere Seth is like, I actually agree with this ready back take. Cause like, well, yeah, that's, so that's the thing. And that's why like, 
I listen, we've all had a lot of fun around here. But <laughs> but the Chiefs the Chiefs statistically over the last couple of years have been the outlier in terms of throwing the ball to the running backs. It works really well when they do it. Like my, you know, my the, we're I'm not going to dig way back in on this, but my general philosophy is it doesn't really matter which running back they're throwing it to. It Damian Williams was extremely good in those circumstances. And so, you know, don't draft one high or whatever, but don't pay one, whatever. That That's sort of been my my longstanding take. But do do that thing, though. Like, throw it to Le'Veon Bell or Darrell Williams or Darwin Thompson or Clyde Edwards out of the backfield because that's been working for you for a long time. And the Chiefs just have really not done, at least by their terms, nearly as much of that as they have in years past when that's the, that's the way that they do use running backs really well. Yeah. Catching backs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I gave you a moment there. Yes, Thank you. <laughs> it's it's completely um, something that like they should zero in on and figure out ways, particularly in the middle of the field um, where, yeah, you can take advantage of this. Because I still think they they clearly put some of that stuff away and they were like, well, no one can guard Travis Kelsey. So we should just throw the ball to Travis Kelsey. Which is whenever. also fine. Yeah, that's which true. Is, and they didn't again, have that today. So they threw to the running backs, I guess. Yes, I mean, yeah, is, that which, works. Completely understandable. Sure. Um, but it will be fascinating to know if Edwards Alaire is back and if he's, you know, say 85% of who he was for the most uh, of the regular season before his injury. Okay. Um, who are you putting on an island on this snap? And uh, good luck if you're a running back, you know, or, or if you're, or excuse me, good luck if you're a linebacker right. trying to cover this running back or if you're a safety trying to cover Travis Kelsey. That's always the chess game that's always kind of at their advantage. Um, it's just they didn't they didn't use half of it for like the entire year until yeah. until like really, really necessary, which, of course, Seth always likes to tell me um, what they did to the Dolphins was so was just was so mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> so mean where it's like, oh, no, they actually started throwing the ball to Clyde and the, and the Dolphins are like, but, but y'all ain't been doing that all year. Mm-hmm. Like, like what? What? So maybe you get more of that as we move forward. But um, Darwin Thompson, just a guy who is as real as they come y'all um i don't tell people to like listen to all the post-game interviews a lot of it is cliche a lot of it is like trying to find the truth within uh all the messaging or what's Mm -hmm. coming out of the locker room but man every time we talk to darwin thompson josh that dude just tells the truth and uh i am looking forward to year three under him because he clearly knows now what he's good and what he's not good at in the nfl and it's about you know accentuating what you're really good at and trying to minimize some of the issues you've had in your first two years. I I could genuinely see him just sort of like weirdly being on this roster for like five or six years. Like I could just, because if, if he is able to develop that, that as the kind of the, the, the third down back and all of that stuff, and he gets his ball security stuff figured out. He's able to do everything they ask him to do. He knows the offense and everything. Can you, can you be a plus player on special teams? That's yet to be, yet to be like a thing. True. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, his his he did. <laughs> this is my favorite Darren Thompson play. It might be the best of all time, uh, regardless of where his career goes from here. Even if he's a Pro Bowler, um, Dan Sorensen popping the football the division round, <laughs> and Darwin thinking, "Oh, I have the ball. Oh, I can run with this. Yes, yeah. Darwin, you can run. Yes, like, oh. so <laughs> and him like pointing hey can you block him for me yes but if you ran <laughs> you would get more yards <laughs> like the ball uh, popping right into his hands and as a running back not knowing what to do with the ball in your hands yes. still is one of the funniest things i've ever seen in an it's, nfl game 
It's very good. And yeah, and his presser was good. He talked about uh, a, a JUCO coach of his who had who had died recently and kind of what he had inspired in him and how that had all translated to now and everything. It was great. Yeah, he's like you said, I, I am not typically going to tell you, hey, you got to hear every second of these press conferences because yes. usually you don't. But uh, but Darwin Darwin tonight was was very good. Uh, two more guys. Uh, you, could, you might be able to guess the other two guys I want to talk about. Um, I'm going to go to, to kind of the, the big one here, though. We talked about one Thornhill pre-game, kind of our pre-game show, whatever, our, our episode last week. Yes. And I said I was going to be really interested to see how much he played because they're resting guys, and, and as you said, they rested a ton of guys. And I was curious to see where Thornhill would end up being because there have been a couple different sort of arguments for what his season has been. He played a ton pretty early. He only played a, 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 almost every snap for like a five or six week stretch in the middle of the season. And then his playing time declined. And, you know, we talked about it. And then, uh, you know, a bunch of the reporters brought up the spags and heard from Thornhill once. And, and it sounded like it was kind of a, a workload management sort of thing. And, you know, kind of coming back from injury still. And, and, and then maybe even dealing with the injury was impacting his performance. So all things that would be varying sorts of reasonable, but also kind of conflicting in different ways as well. What was, hey, what is the issue here? Is it his performance? Is it his health? Is it those two things intertwined? And he was out there in the fourth quarter tonight. And he was out there a lot. And, and I, I would have expected and really kind of hoped just for the sake of which, of which case was more honest that we weren't going to see as much from him. Because you want to keep him on limited snaps, seeing him out there as much as he was makes me think that the Chiefs kind of see him as is trying to work through some stuff. Do you think that's fair? And then what did you see when he was out there today? Yeah. Um, interestingly, they you know, and this is what I alluded to at the end of the podcast. I thought Dan Sorensen was gonna be like, no, 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 no. I will be out here hitting all these players. <laughs> well, I will well, be the one. I will be the one that sends Austin Eckler wobbling off the field. Yes, they give me sixteen opportunities, and I fully expect to have sixteen chances to be Dirty Dan. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it was wild that like they kind of got away with not playing Dan Sorson and Juan Thornhill. Um, Armani Watts actually played better than Juan Thornhill. Mm. I don't know if that's a function of the vanilla schemes they were out here running because clearly. By like the second quarter, Spagnuolo was like, "Yeah, we ain't got nothing else. <laughs> like, this yeah. is it. Like, yeah. no, like no, like even if it's our backups, you will not see anything exotic. Yep. Nope. He came out of halftime was like, "All right, boys, cover one, cover four, <laughs> cover three, sprinkling some cover two. All right, go out there, go out there and make it happen." Like, it was so obvious that Justin Herbert was like, "Dog, <laughs> I." Pre-snap and post-snap have been amazing. Um, for Juan's sake, I'm gonna try to be gentle, y'all. Mm. It it I texted you during the game, Josh. It it wasn't looking right. Yeah. Like it, his his body deteriorated to some degree because of wear and tear over the course of the season, possibly. Uh he did an amazing job coming back in time for the season opener. I, I we are did, exactly one year away from the ACL. It was Week 17 against the Chargers last year. I I am stunned that he played so well in September because yeah. quietly he didn't give up any deep passes until Week Five against mm. obviously the Raiders and the Raiders kind of schemed things to where Juan Thornhill wasn't really involved, um, and so 
it just didn't look right at times. Um, he's still a really good tackler. That is, that is something that like is undervalued from the safety position. Like, hey, you you the last line of defense. Can you tack? Can you actually tackle the person with the ball? Mm-hmm. He's still doing that at a high level. Um, yes, it was a penalty on Austin Eckler. Um, that wasn't a good look, but. I'm also not sure that hit was dirty. Like I, no, I don't think that hit was dirty at all. I just think, I just think you in in the speed of it, it's 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 a lot to ask defenders. I mean, there was this like is Eckler a, this Eckler is, ducked his head and Thornhill yes, ducked and his so head, the, and the yeah, defender gets penalized. Right. Like that's just how yeah. it works. It's whatever. There was a moment um, because of red zone. This is a sidebar, but like, how in the world does it's like fourth and goal, and Kirk Cousins just get sacked? Just, just, just simply free rusher. Nothing you can do about it. Take this L and and turn the ball over. Yeah, I and saw the, this and, one. Twitter. And the That's... Detroit Lion defender just sacked him. Like he just sacked him. Didn't leave with the head. Didn't go low. Hit him right in the chest. And because of gravity, kids, of uh, yep. he tackled him. And his body weight landed on 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 Kirk Cousins' body. And Kirk Cousins just was like, "Yep, they got us." And all of a sudden, the refs like, "No, no, 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 no!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Yeah, that's too much body sir. weight. Like, that's you roughed him. That's but rough. Like, him. But but, but what? Um. So, this is to say that, like, for safety measures, the, the refs are a little little overzealous. Um, that's fine. Yeah, there were some snaps where Wom was just like, "Hey, man." Uh, it was clear it was like, I, and I can't wait to see the all twenty-two of this nonsense. But it was just like, "Hey, Wom, um, just make sure nobody gets behind you." <laughs> but it's like. He wasn't asked to be like super rangy, but he wasn't like super. He wasn't like athletic, as athletic as we've seen him. But he still played all the snaps. But like he didn't really flash. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know, Josh. It just. It just doesn't look right. And I don't know if he was. <sighs> it's week seventeen. Business yeah. decisions were made. Yeah. All over the league today. Yeah. So I want to give him an out there while also understanding that hey, maybe his body. Maybe he really needs this bye week to, you know, get his body right to maybe play at, at obviously the level you're going to need in the playoffs because at, at times it, it just didn't look right, Josh. Did, did did you do you agree with that assessment or was there yeah. was there moments where you thought, you know, this is clearly about the playoffs and not today? So here's here's where I question some of the the logic. I think your assessment there is good. The the question I would have within the assessment, though, is if he needs the bye week so bad, wouldn't two bye weeks have been great? <laughs> like, Dan, that's... Dan Sorensen is ready to yeah, go. I mean, listen, I, I, I know Dan Sorensen's older by a, a bit, you know, by, by a decent bit than Thornhill, but, uh, you know, and you want to give the veterans the time off, and I'm not saying they should have played Tyron Matthew to rest Juan Thornhill, but if if rest is what he's needed at any point along the way, if the managed workload is what he's needed over these last several weeks, he wouldn't have been out there playing all those snaps today. Like you just, you put Armani Watts out there and you have, listen, if Colin Saunders can play a few snaps at linebacker, well, Antonio Hamilton can play is, a few yep. snaps at safety, you know? Exactly. Like, and, and there were snaps where it looked like he was the extra defender in like a three safety look that would mostly be played by Dan Sorensen. Yeah. So it, it could, you could have made it work to where he didn't have to play so many snaps. And, and that, and for me, the implication of that is what makes me nervous because the implication is then that he doesn't need 
rest or to to work on the wear and tear, but that he's not performing at the level of Dan Sorensen. Or 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 he's he's performing at a level more comparable to Armani Watts right now, and that they think that playing through it, working through it, is more beneficial than resting. And whenever you're talking about a guy who's had this setback of the the ACL injury at the end of last season, that's not what I would hope for or expect in that circumstance. And that just it, it makes it makes me a little uneasy. And and maybe and hopefully and knock on wood and all that. Maybe week three, four, five, six next year, we're going like, oh, there's one Thornhill. Yeah, he's good now. Right. And I think there's a chance of that. But if time is what he needs, why have him out there in a meaningless game? That's the thing that I just, I don't, I don't I'm not sure there is an answer to that necessarily. I'm, I'm guessing that the, that the question that I'm asking is not the way that the Chiefs have framed it, which again, make, just makes me a little uneasy, I think. Yeah. I mean, if, again, if, if, if Daniel Sorensen and, and Tyron Matthew aren't going to play, um, th- the only other safety is Armani Watts. And maybe yeah. you ask Antonio Hamilton to do more. It gets a little wonky because Rashad Fitton got hurt in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So that somewhat changes the rotation as well. Legereus Snee is not available, um, as is Traverse Ward and Rashad Breeland. So, I mean, they're... The, the other thing, though, the, like I just want you to like hear all the names you just said. And those yep. were all guys that you've said, we would rather have them safe yep. on ice than one Thornhill. Yeah, that was not true a year ago. Exactly. And there's no Kendall Fuller this year. Even. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. And he's, you know, one of those things that you have to think about as we move forward to January is the the Kendall Fullers, the Reggie Raglins, the guys that like played a pivotal role in a specific lane that you will forget five years from now, but in all actuality made a huge difference. And whether or not you won or lost, you know, the Super Bowl or, or, or obviously became champion. So they don't they don't have a Kendall Fuller this year. It, it ain't Antonio Hamilton. Sorry. No, um, no, it's not going to happen. So. So, yeah, it's dude, it is weird. I mean, it, is it just one of those things where it's like, hey, you're a second year player. Sorry, dog. Like you got to just you got to just roll out there. But at the same time, he he has such valuable he has such a valuable skill set that pairs so nicely with Tyron Matthew because it frees Tyron Matthew to be a crazy man all over the field, yeah. um, not forcing him to be the deep safety, you know. And clearly, we know Dan Sorensen is not great at that either. So, like, he's he he's pretty important to the defense. Josh, I don't know what they're doing out here. That's the thing. I'm I'm literally looking at their practice squad right now. They got Rodney Clemens and Chris Lamons on the practice squad still, which also reminded me of the fact that we did not see Jody Fortson in this game. I don't want to talk about it. I don't, we can, I don't. I just can't. I don't, uh, want to, I don't want to talk about it. I can't. Just make everybody there. available week seventeen. We were out here on bated breath whether Alex Smith was going to come back. We all kind of knew Alex Smith was going to come back, but like they, the, even the Washington team was making roster mechanisms for the quarterback. Yeah. Just make everybody available in week seventeen, dog. Also, the Chiefs cut Ricky Seals Jones before Ugh. the game. Oh. And that's one of like the quiet bummers of this season. It's on. It's, listen, they went fourteen and two. They have the one seed, and they're they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. It's fine. I get it. But that did that just sort of that stunk. And I I was excited for the Ricky Seals Jones game today. And right, we got the Dion Yelder game instead. Yeah, and that was less fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was not as good. Dion Yelder, six targets, two receptions. Yeah. Uh, anyway, 
Um, there's one other guy I wanted to bring up, though. And then they can do a little bit of playoff scenario stuff, and, and we'll do more of that next week. We'll probably take some questions next week as well, because mm. we've got a week without a Chiefs game. Yes, let's do it. Um, but but one one more guy that I honestly, and this is this is a sign that it, things did not go very well, because I didn't even really think about it this way until I saw a couple other people tweeting about this player, and it reminded me of exactly how invisible he was. And listen, going... On a week a week seventeen game where the quarterback is Chad Haney, I'm not trying to make huge sweeping generalizations. However, whenever Sammy Watkins got hurt and McCole Hartman's role didn't really grow pretty much at all, except for I think maybe one of those games, the talk was I think fairly that only play the same position, and that's fair. I'm willing to buy that. That's okay. But then in this game, and I know Chad Haney's not going to use the Tyreek Hill position like Patrick Mahomes would. But right. t- there was no Tyree kill in this game, and McCole Hardman was out there. And his most memorable play was a, a muffed punt that mm-hmm. ended up costing them in a pretty big way if you do care about winning that game at all. And certainly he cares about not muffing a punt because you got to ask some questions about how much you trust him in that spot. Like, that's a fair question. But he had two catches for 25 yards. Honestly, I, not a joke. I don't remember either of them. One of them apparently <laughs> went for 18 yards. I don't remember. He had two targets. They caught them both. Oh, I, oh, I, oh, I have an explanation, Josh, but continue. Okay, I mean, I hope that it, I hope that it helps just because I, I thought, you know, what we might get out of this game is, is maybe we can at least see McCole Hardman in that sort of Tyreek Hill, running, running Tyreek Hill-esque routes and mm-hmm. seeing if Chad Haney has any interest at all in seeing how that pans out. And, and, you know, I'm watching the broadcast feed on a TV screen with nine pixels on it. So I'm I'm willing to to be told that they, that he was getting a lot of attention or something, but it just sort of bummed me out because I thought we might see a little more from him, and it ended up being Henny had targets for Darwin and for Robinson and for Pringle, and he only went to he went to Hardman as many times as he threw the ball to Garrick Dieter. Um, this was an Eric Bieniemy decision. Mm. Um, is my best guess right now. Mm. I, I can't confirm it. But I'm I'm pretty sure. Oh, um, okay. Tell me about it. Unpack that for me. First, first possession. Short pass. McCall Harmon gets him gets him deep in the red zone. Basically, at that point, I know they're scoring a touchdown. Um, second drive. You know they do a nice little scheme play for McCall Harmon. Little short pass makes almost takes it to the house because uh, it was on the perimeter and he and he kind of got you know shoestring tackle. It happens. Whatever. Um, but you're like, ooh, I like that play design based on the personnel, based on where they are on the field. The Chargers are going to punt the ball. It's 14-7. You can give Chad Heaney the chance to make it a, a two-score lead. He muffs the punt. You never see McCole Hardman again. Mm. That's it. That That's it. Like, it's it's not even Dave Tobe because Dave Tobe was like, I mean – he could use the reps. He can get ready for like catching a punt in the cold weather because it's, it's only going to get colder, y'all. Mm. Um, you know, and I made some assessments on Twitter at halftime, engaging with the lovely fans of Twitter that, like, hey, for all his mistakes, he's just a second year player. Um, he, 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 we assume he will get better. And like, did you see what he did to the Miami Dolphins? That's why he's out there catching them punts. Um, but they basically said, uh, if you make that one mistake in a meaningless game, um, when we're trying to develop guys, you sit right there. Mm. You, you you sit right there. And now Byron Pringle, 
Rashad Fitton and Demarcus Robinson, like all those guys can 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 work now. And you 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 just sit right there. I mean they, I mean I think there were times where they cut to McColl after the second quarter, and he was basically just chilling with Tyree. So whether that's a health standpoint, whether that's like, um, don't do that in the playoffs. Uh, they they no longer need a McColl services on on this on this particular day. I just so with that as, as an accepted explanation, and I understand there's some whatever some chess going on there, and Eric Bieniemy decision, all that stuff. I'm 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 I I'm pretty you. I'm pretty I, sure that like again, Eric Bieniemy, perhaps a future head coach in a month um, or less. Like, I just I just think it's something for them to use so that he is you know as sharp as can be come the divisional playoff round. Because if you make that mistake, you know, it may not go the same way it goes because the, sure. you may not be coached by Bill O'Brien. Okay. Like <laughs> the road will be different this year. It's going to be harder because Bill O'Brien ain't walking through that door. Okay. <laughs> so if you muddle, if you muffle part in the divisional round, it will have consequences. Hell, it had consequences for Chad Heaney, who maybe could have, you know, really been battling Justin Herbert in the fourth quarter, if yep. not for like a muff punt. And again, the most the most enjoyable play call of the of the of the game. Hey y'all, um, Darwin Thompson got stuffed at the goal line. All right, four wide play. Yep. <laughs> Run it. Let's go. <laughs> Four verts. Here With we go. Hey, hey, guy, whose name we learned uh, yesterday. Hold, hold up here, okay? Don't let, <laughs> let him through. That's and Chad, true. if the first read ain't there, ball's got to come out, dog. <laughs> like the ball's got to come out. I love that play call. I love that, that they was, were that, uh, that they were so like. Uh, I know this is off topic. Not you had the audacity to run that. And I was like, philosophically, I love it. <laughs> Just, I don't care where we are on the field. Throw that thing. Sling that thing. Okay, there's two points for the other team. But otherwise, I think it's to I think it's to help McCole focus so that he's at his best in the playoffs. I, I hear you. I understood all of that. I comprehended it all. But also, if we can't see him work through mistakes in that game, I just, I, unfortunately, coming into this season, I was ready for, like, the McCall Hardman, like, breakout season. Freak hype show. Train, yep. all Here that it goes. Stuff. Light light it up. Yep. Ready for all of that. Well, it's just not, I'm just, I also, I think I just got the hiccups. I'm really trying not to go into the hiccup <laughs> fit. I'm really fighting through some things myself. If this was truly week 17 for us, I'd be out right now. Stuff <laughs> would tag in and I'd be out of here. But basically, basically every week. Through week 17 somehow, with a couple exceptions, basically every week has been me getting less and less excited and less and less optimistic about his place in this offense, period. Like in, in, like in various forms. It was, maybe he'll be able to be this team's number two. To maybe he'll be able to be a number three that kind of does some deep stuff that keeps defenses guessing. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he'll be able to just step in whenever Tyreek Hill gets hurt and return punts. Well, today there's no Tyreek Hill and the punt bounces off of him. And I just, I'm not even, I'm not even, you know, letting my eyes drift over to DK Metcalf. I am. I can't help it. I'm only human. So are you. But I, I just kind of keep losing. There's so much about him and what he does that I, I cannot help but love and be, be enticed by. 
And I just sort of feel like every time I kind of re-up some of that optimism, a week later it gets thrown back in my face and I feel like an idiot. I I, I hear you now. I, I completely understand. Um, I just think that one of the things that gets put on the back burner is developing a young, talented receiver when you already have two stars. Yeah. And a, and a Hall of Fame tight end. And... It's about running it back in a way that no team has done in almost two decades. Totally. And this yeah. is and this and this is the these are the choices you make, um, coaching staff and front office wise, because you know the front office could say, "Hey, we would like to see McCole Hardman get dot dot dot," and the coaching yep. staff could say, um, "We out here trying to win ball games, okay?" Yep. And there are certain plays on certain schemes and certain routes that we know McCole's really good at. And um, developing all that other stuff, come at me in year three. <laughs> sure. Like, like if, like, if like that, that ends might... up paying off in year three, I, you're going to have a hard time finding someone to be more hyped right. about it than I will be. Because everything about his skill set is, and even just like his personality is just, I like all of that is so very big play wide receiver in a way that I'm so enticed by. If all that lands, you're not, you're going to have a hard time finding somebody to be more excited about mm-hmm. it than I am. I just feel like I keep, I'm tired of being hurt. I'm being hurt by my optimism. I'm hurt, dog. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. So anyway, I don't know. That, yeah, I, that's the most that comment. No, you're 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 definitely right. In the in the immediate, he should have been out there playing those snaps. But if they wanted to see more from Byron Pringle at the time, I can't really fault them either. While also sure. saying, um, "Hey, dog, you can't be out here muffing punts." And yeah. you know, there's going to be consequences, and there must they're going to be much greater. You know, it kind of serves two purposes. We we can. We can refocus you, and um, we cannot have what happened to Willie Gay happen to you. Yep. So I mean, it, yeah, it, that's it, also it, fair. It sucks, but it happens. And so I'm blame if 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 anybody wants a uh, a reasoning behind this, I think it's I think it's an Eric Bieniemy decision because he has control over the offense, and Andy Reid is kind of like, hey man, um, we could, we could go a number of ways. And if that means more for Byron Pringle, that's cool with me. Um, yeah. You know, let's just make sure we get to the finish line. I just like fast receivers. That's just where <laughs> I'm at. If I just, I just want, I just want to love the fast receivers. That's all I want. Without, without, without being hurt by Eric Bieniemy's tough love. That's all. That's where <laughs> I get it. And that's, uh, and, and is that not what he's known for? No, that's, and therein lies the problem. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a me problem. Also, I'm not, I'm not putting that on either Hardman or Bieniemy at this point. It's on me. Uh, let's talk about the playoff picture really quick. We've we've got the finals. It's all set. It's all locked in. Uh, the the AFC games, first game of the of the weekend. There's six games, which by the way, I didn't like the whole only one bye week thing until right now. And now I'm thinking, oh, we got games at noon, three thirty, and seven fifteen both days this week. Yeah, all right. All right. Oh, all right. I'll get that grill. I get used to this. Oh, I'm not. I don't have to do. There's no Chiefs game anywhere in there. I don't have to do anything those days other than watch those three games. Yeah, all right, all right, NFL. You twist my arm. All right, I'm in. Uh, but the uh, the first game is is Bills Colts. Which if the Colts win that game, that's who the Chiefs are playing. Um, if they don't have, uh, if that ends up being Buffalo, who's a two seed, it's a two versus seven. If Buffalo yep. wins that game, the Chiefs will not know who they're playing until Sunday because the first and third games on Sunday are the other two AFC games. But the three games in order are Colts at Buffalo, Baltimore at Tennessee, and then Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Those are the three matchups. The Chiefs will either play 
the Chiefs will not play the Bills or the Steelers, basically. That's the 2-3 seed. If all the favorites win, the Chiefs play the Titans in the yep. divisional round. Yep. And then if any of those upsets happen, they will play the lowest-ranking upset. So in order would be uh, the Colts, Bill, or excuse me, the Colts, Browns, and uh, Ravens in that order from, you know, lowest seed up the, the ladder. But it'll be one of those those four teams. Of those matchups, these are some good games. I, I feel like pretty much all of those got exactly what I would have wanted in terms of the AFC matchups. Little divisional rematch to wrap up the weekend. Baltimore and Tennessee feels like a just a good, gritty matchup. And a little uh, a little Josh Allen versus Phillip Rivers uh, or Derv to start off the weekend? Yeah, I think I will. So what do you think of those, of those matchups? And is there anybody from that group that you think, ah, oh, the Chiefs should be hoping to see these guys or hoping they don't see these guys? Now, it's asking a lot as a Chiefs fan to put some faith in Phillip Rivers. But <laughs> could I provide an early argument for Phillip Rivers has been here? Frank Wright has been here. Josh Allen. This is the game we've all been waiting for, dog. Oh, man, it's, oh, I'm so Please, Josh, go back to last year. <laughs> like He's yes. such a better football player. But, Josh, like, if the Bills somehow are down 10 nothing, Oh! 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 And Josh Allen has to start throwing. Oh, when the defense knows it. I, I Look, I got a lot of respect for the Bills. They, if they get through this round, it's one of those weird cases where I think if they get through this round, Josh, they will stomp all over the the the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they will, they mm-hmm. will stomp all over them, and will set up a marvelous AFC Championship game if the Chiefs are willing to do their part. Um, Jonathan Taylor looks good. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton been there before. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, some of these guys for one game. Because you've been there. You can do it. All of a sudden, you're the home team. All of a sudden, that pressure gets on you. We saw, I mean, it even got the Chiefs last year. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs were down 24 nothing, And I was like, I mean, it's good to know y'all human. But, like, mm-hmm. guys, like, <laughs> nobody expected this. So it can happen. Um, but, again, all of that could happen, as I've just prescribed, and then you're still counting on Phillip Rivers to not throw a soul-crushing pick in the fourth quarter. So I'm I'm super fascinated with this game um, because I think the Colts are better than what they've done because Phillip Rivers continues to let teams back in games, mm-hmm. <laughs> even the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I think the team you don't want to play if you're the Chiefs is actually the Baltimore Ravens. Mm, interesting. Lamar Jackson is looking right. They figure some things out. Are they a healthy, complete team? No. But they are starting to play in a matter that tells me that they know who they are. And they're not trying to live up to what they were last year. And because Lamar's been there twice now, twice, <laughs> can, can, can you just, can you win the first game to make the second game interesting? Um, if Lamar Jackson does not win, and that and they, it can happen. Look, Tennessee's good, although their defense isn't. <laughs> so, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, as I put on Twitter, I love the week 17 that goes right into the divisional round um, with the Browns. As I said in my mailbag, Josh, I think it would be really intriguing for the Browns to win, to be the Chiefs opponent. I do too. I 
I, I, I would love that to happen. Obviously, we get Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we get Kareem Hunt back to Arrowhead. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Kevin Stefanski, you know, coach of the year candidate, you know, seeing what he could do with the Andy Reid team. That would be about as far as the Cleveland Browns run would go. But, hell, it'd be a hell of a year if you're the Cleveland Browns. And you'd knock out one of your, you know, one of your true rivals in the Steelers. Um, boy, that's asking a lot. That's asking yeah. a lot. Prime time, guys. And uh, none of them have been there. <laughs> that's the problem, Josh. Hey, hey, it, it is the playoffs. Um, and y'all barely beat Mason Rudolph. So, look. That's true. That's fair. I'm asking for the Colts because I just want to see Josh Allen in a really interesting situation. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't make it easy on him. No, make it be, I got to throw to a fullback across the body <laughs> with no timeouts, or, or I'm going to scramble and I see a teammate, you know what? Hell with it. <laughs> Backward laterals into a teammate. I, uh, I'm re-watching this game. Mm-hmm. Oh, and look, we're not even, mad, we're not even talking about Deshaun Watson becoming a superhero in real time where he got hit, like he got crushed basically like Patrick Mahomes and somehow lived to tell the tale and won the game. Oh, it, that was the best playoff game last year. I don't care what happened with the Chiefs Super Bowl run. <laughs> that was the best game. So please, Josh Allen, make it fun. Phillip Rivers, you know he's going to do his part. He's going to throw a couple passes where you like, dog. Let um, that be the passing of the torch from Philip Rivers to Josh <laughs> Allen. Rivers can retire who, afterwards, but let that be the maximum weird game. I who, would, I would. Yes. Be a big fan. Who, who do you want to see, Josh? Because I, I, I think we both agree that the Browns would be the most interesting matchup. But I think Chiefs fans should really root for like, hey, these dudes somehow dragged their way out of Buffalo and are now playing the Chiefs in the divisional round. Yeah, I so weirdly. I think if I think if you're just gonna say like, hey, you gotta bet your life on the Chiefs winning one of these matchups, I think I might take Cleveland over over Indy. It's and it's definitely one of those two because then they you know saying they can't play the Steelers because also I'm not sure they wouldn't be a part of that conversation if they if that was eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think the Cleveland matchup would be very fun in part because you're getting the Mahomes and Baker thing, and we haven't seen a Chiefs Browns game matter in forever. like ever <laughs> like forever. maybe ever and i just i don't know i i kind of have a little i have a little love for the browns i i think there's a little bit of a kindred spirits kind of thing of of cleveland and kansas city i just i think there's a, a little connection there of like yeah our, our sports teams were all really bad for a long time but we're still here and now let's <laughs> give it a shot like I, I think that i think that would be a lot of fun um i do not think the Chiefs would be in considerable danger with the Browns. I don't. I, I think that I feared the Colts by like whatever a field goal more maybe. And whoever wins the Titans Ravens game is going to go into their next game with like an eyeball hanging out of their head, like <laughs> just with with bandages wrapped around their face. Like it's just gonna that's gonna be a whole yeah. bloodbath. Yeah, I I should have mentioned Lamar Jackson looking good. John Harbaugh got them boys playing right. Problem. You go out there and tackle Adrian Brown, and you go out there and tackle Derrick Henry. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I listen. I, I don't. I don't need to make my case for Derrick Henry is not going to beat the Chiefs. I've, we've done that. We'll be in reruns yep. next year. Well, yep. fine. We can, but he can beat the can, Ravens. <laughs> but he might be able to beat the Ravens. But more importantly, like Ryan Tannehill's best game and him going to Adrian Brown 
I'm a whisper, so nobody hears this. That scares me a little bit. That makes me a little. That's Tannehill to AJ Brown is like good, good. Like that's if you're gonna the, their defense will not be able to hold up their end of the bargain. So I think the Chiefs would win that game still. And again, like relatively comfortably. I don't mean by twenty, but I mean by a touchdown. Right. But for me, what what the conversation ends up being is can can you get a couple stops and then have your offense, you know. Just straight up working. And I think the Ravens are probably the best argument for that outside of maybe the Bills in the AFC with where the Ravens are at right now. But also I think the Chiefs are better than all of them. And I just, I kind of just want a different matchup, I guess. I've The Chiefs-Ravens games are always fun. Yes. Chiefs-Titans games are going to be good. Chiefs-Bills, I hope, is the AFC Championship game. I think that'd be excellent. But I kind of want Kansas City-Cleveland, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Just- it feels like, it feels like, a, it feels like a, a, a AL divisional matchup, and that feels like little little Royals and Cleveland baseball team matchup there. Yeah, I, I would also like to whisper with you, Josh, that one of the mistakes that Tennessee did last year was they, they didn't throw to AJ Brown enough in, yeah. the, in the in the AFC Championship game. They did. They, they should have done that. I bet they, they should have done that like ten times, and they did it. I think like four. I can look this up actually, um, but it was it was it wasn't it wasn't great. No. Really um, wasn't. At, at all, I'm looking this up right now. Statistically speaking, Adrian Brown. We do need to wrap up this show after you get that stat. Pretty much, AJ Brown had six targets for three receptions for 51 yards, and yet he he almost led the team in receiving that day. That's not gonna do it, Nate. I don't think that's gonna do I, it. I, I think they should target AJ Brown 11 times if they have yeah. the rematch in the postseason. I think that's a great idea. I think they should do that against the Ravens, also personally. You want to anyway. tackle AJ Brown? No, I really don't. I don't. <laughs> honestly, I don't think I could. If given many opportunities, I think I'd go he, probably. I don't know, he, over fifty. He, he would tackle us and then score. Yeah, I think if he's in full pads, I think I would just grab his face mask and then try to kick him in the nuts, probably, and just see. I mean, I'd get personal fouls like crazy, but it's my only chance of not giving up a touchdown. <laughs> Business decisions. Yeah, lots of business decisions. <laughs> and my business decision is going to be let my parents cash in on my newfound life insurance policy because AJ Brown hit me and now I'm in heaven. <laughs> or maybe hell. I don't, honestly, Seth's not here for this episode, so I'm not going to know for sure.